episode 7 of the Broken Glass podcast, forging a career in the music industry with Nikki O'Neill. You're listening to the Broken Glass podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Broken Glass podcast. Today's episode features singer-songwriter, author, and educator Nikki O'Neill, and we had an incredible discussion about everything industry, from education to inspiring other women, allowing negative sexist remarks to motivate us rather than discourage us, and forging a career in the industry. Before we get to the interview, I wanted to share a little bit about the Lebanon Valley College Vail Media Industry Conference that was held on Saturday, November 17th. The students put on an incredible conference. I enjoyed meeting the students, the alumni, and the other industry professionals, and I made so many connections with people across the country. It was great to go back and to see how much the program has expanded. And it got me to thinking about my own personal growth with networking. When I was a student at LVC, the thought of networking not only brought on anxiety, but had me questioning what it was for. It wasn't until I was at least midway through grad school in Los Angeles that I started to become more comfortable with it. And finally, within the last year, I really identified what my obstacles were to becoming completely comfortable networking and talking to new people, and what my goals were for networking. On my flight to Newark last weekend, I had a few uninterrupted hours to outline a workbook for networking in the music industry. It was something that I initially created for myself, but I wanted to share it with everyone else. In this workbook, you'll identify obstacles to networking, what your networking goals are, and the steps you're going to take to reach those goals. And at the very end, I'll provide eight of my favorite tips for networking in the music industry. So if you're like me and you want to network with music industry professionals so you can snag your dream job and to overcome obstacles keeping you from making connections and reaching these goals, then sign up at brokenglassmediallc.com slash networking to receive your free networking in the music industry workbook. Workbooks will be emailed next week, the first week of December, and you'll also be subscribed to the Broken Glass Media Newsletter, where I'll share podcast updates, articles I find interesting and pertinent, and what's new at Broken Glass Media. That's brokenglassmediallc.com slash networking. And last but not least, are you looking for a community of women in music? Do you need women to collaborate and connect with, to support, and to learn alongside? Check out our Facebook community, The Broken Glass Collective, where women across the industry are gathering to connect, collaborate, and support one another. We're growing every day, so come join us at facebook.com slash groups slash The Broken Glass Collective. Now let's talk to Nikki. All right. So welcome to the the Broken Glass podcast, Nikki. Thank you. It's really great to be here. Um, so tell me a little bit, kind of, let's go back, talk about yourself, how you're involved in music. I know you're a singer songwriter and a published author. Um, but just like kind of, let's get into how you're kind of involved in music and the music community. Oh, wow. So yeah, I'm, I'm a a songwriter and I'm a singer and a guitar player with a band. And, uh, I do, I guess you could call it Americana music, but it's got a lot of soul and rhythm and blues influences. And I've got a couple of recordings out, and I'm working on a full-length album now that's going to be out in 2019. Um, and the path to getting there has been very long and winding. 
Well, let's take it back a little bit. How did you get involved in music um, and, and what kind of interested you in it? Um, my mom uh, always played a wide variety of music at home. And, uh, but there, were, there was no, uh, never any talk about anybody do, taking lessons or anything like that. Um, I was always interested in the arts in general, like all kinds of arts. I was drawn to dance and theater. I got attention for my writing a little bit in painting. Um, and actually, I attended a high school uh, with a visual arts program at first, and I thought that I was going to do that. And then I heard the students in the music program practice, and I knew immediately that that's what I wanted to do. Um, felt, visual arts felt like a more lonely pursuit, and I just really was drawn to uh, the whole thing about playing in a band playing in an ensemble or an orchestra. And uh, and it's something that I've been compelled to do ever since. And I've done all kinds of other jobs that have sort of been in music, but more on the music business side or music journalism or, or teaching. And um, although I do feel like I have some of the, like a teacher's spirit, so to speak, uh, doing music, being an artist and a songwriter is definitely what I feel is like the right thing to do and, and yeah, the right path for me. Yeah. And you have um, a book with, uh, published by Alfred and, um, yes, that kind of, did that kind of get inspired by your, your like your love of, of kind of teaching as well. And, and, and that aspect of it, or how did that come about? Well, uh, I guess um, I had a path. I was a music journalist. Like I, I studied music in high school. Uh, like after I, I quit this visual arts program and I got into the music program. Um, but for various reasons, I don't know, self-doubt or insecurity. Uh, I still I got out of the music program and didn't for some reason think that I was going to pursue being an artist. So I ended up doing a lot of music journalism. I kind of liked it because I enjoyed writing and I was good at it. And um, um, and I did that pretty successfully. So I ended up moving to New York where I could, did a lot of work interviewing artists. Um, and then one day I decided that, no, I've, had enough of uh, interviewing other musicians and artists about what they do. And it was something I, I wanted to do this myself. And so I um, got into a, a bachelor's degree, performing arts degree. And uh, around that same time, I discovered that I was pretty good at teaching, uh, teaching music and teaching guitar. And then that kind of evolved into, I was, uh, teaching private students. I was at um, a university teaching a group class, uh, actually with women. And uh, it was about um, female guitarists in rock and roll and blues. Um, and, uh, and then I was teaching, I was a guest teacher at an all-female rock school in Sweden. Um, and, uh, and from there it kind of evolved and then I arrived at you know, writing a book for Alfred that's really, you taught it in Sweden, you said. Uh, the the all-female rock program. Yeah, I did. I was I was like a guest teacher. So I was there. I wasn't there for the, the full course. 
that okay. it's a program that's uh, goes on for about a year. Um, and it's, it's an interesting place. They're uh, funded by the European community and uh, like arts, um, arts funds. Um, and uh, this is in Sweden. It's on an island in the Baltic Sea that has a lot of Viking ruins. It's a very cool place. And uh, the women that are there, they're like about, they're in their early 20s, most of them. And they're there for a year. Sometimes they do an extension program. So they're there for two years and they study uh, you know, their main instrument, other instruments, music production. Uh, they even uh, get to finance and budget and plan a tour, uh, like a nationwide tour. And uh, they have gender studies as part of the program. And uh, I was there for a week teaching like different subjects related to guitar mostly and, and songwriting. And I was, so I was there for a week and then I did it another year. I went there for, uh, back again. That sounds like a really inspirational and, and I guess empowering uh, kind of program because you don't really see that around here. No, I mean, there's like the ladies rock camps that, you know, I think they last for a week or so, but there's no such thing as a, like a full program. And they're mostly Swedes that attend it. But uh, what I heard, there were like two girls from Texas that went there and even a girl from Japan. Yeah, that's, so, that's really cool. I w- would have yeah. loved to do something like that. You know, I, I got my bachelor's in music business and but okay. we did, you know, business and we did you know, music. And then we had a couple industry classes, but that really sounds it's intensive. And this is the music industry and getting to touch each piece of it really. Yeah. It's, I feel like it's a, it's a very hands-on and practical program because um, a lot of music um, bachelor's programs in the U S hopefully it's gotten better, but uh, I know for a long time, the, the classes in music business, they were minimal if, if they're at all. So people would graduate with you know, no knowledge about publishing or how to make a living in music. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I did like my program. And stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I liked my program. I had, you know, good, solid business classes um, and they have certainly grown since I left. Um, it was a year or two after I left, they put a publishing class in and, and they've really expanded it as, you know, with the, the changes in the industry and that. But, you know, I would have loved something that was, okay, here's every aspect of the industry that you're going to touch. So, yeah, I mean, when I attended music school, I went to two different music programs in Sweden. And there, back, back then, there was absolutely no music business. And uh, same thing with a bachelor's program that I went to in, in New York. Uh, there wasn't anything really. I, I had to pick some electives and it was kind of, it fell upon me to yeah. get that. Yeah, I was kind of the same way. I took, um, I took a, a music recording class as an elective uh, just because uh-huh. I, I wanted to have that experience. You know, if I get into the industry... And I go, you know, say I'm a manager and I go to the studio with an artist, you know, and I don't know what, you know, all the buttons are. I wanted to know, okay, like at least just the basics. So I wasn't totally, but yeah, it had to be an elective course for me. So, yeah, 
Um, no, but that's good. That's, that's extremely important. I, I would uh, even suggest that, you know, songwriting should be such a program. Exactly. Yeah. I know there's a lot, you know, a lot of people out there who do songwriting clinics and courses, but to have that, you know, I mean, I, I guess a lot of schools in their performance, they'll have like composition classes, but songwriting, you know, for the different genres, that would be something, you know, I think a lot of women could really take a lot from. Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of people who are known for their instrument skills, they're like great guitar players, and they'll, you know, release albums and, and, um, you know, try to get ahead as a solo artist. And many times I feel like they don't have the songs, they don't have good enough songs. So either they, you know, it's hard to, to develop yourself in multiple areas. I mean, I know I'm like a singer and a guitar player, songwriter, and then, you know, you want uh, also a live performer uh, and all these areas, it takes a lot of effort to get good at them. Um, But uh, yeah, for, for me, I got to say, and it's just my observations. I feel that um, it's incredibly important to, you know, to be able to write good songs. And if you can't, then you should team up with people who do. Right. Yeah. And you had mentioned um, uh, finding your strengths and forming partnerships. And I think that would kind of go kind of hand in hand, like your strength is, you know, playing guitar and this other person's strength is, you know, writing lyrics, you know, and, and if you're not great at writing lyrics and form that partnership so you can craft something together and collaborate. Yeah, I think, and I know we moved away from the music business <laughs> thing, but uh, to, to songwriting, but um, uh, I hope that's okay. Oh yeah, that's um, fine. I think, you know, in the beginning when you're starting out, then you want to try to, you know, have a basic knowledge about a variety of different things. Uh, and then you're going to find that you can't master everything. Like for instance, I have a basic, like, you know, I can understand recording gear and how the studio works, but I hire people to engineer and, you know, on, on my records. Um, because for various reasons, it's like, even if I would put in a ton of time and money to learn about that stuff, I think I'd be still be mediocre at best. Mm -hmm. So it's better to team up with people who, you know, where it comes easy to them and they're really good at it. Yeah. Um, Hone your craft. and, and Yeah. But I think, yeah, at first you, you try to, you know, you're learning about all sorts of stuff and then you find out, you discover what your strengths are. And then I think it's a good idea to hone in on those and then team up with other people who, you know, are good at what your weaknesses are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's been my way at least. Yeah. So I guess kind of bringing a little bit back into to the music your music. Um, you said you released an EP this year and you're curr- currently working on a full length for 2019. Yeah, I released an EP in 2017 and then I released two singles this year. And right now I'm writing for a full length album that's going to be out next year. 
Do you, do you work with a label or do you self-release, do everything yourself? Uh, at this point, it's self-released. Okay. What's, what's that process like for you? You know, is, is a lot of, you know, you do it yourself or do you kind of bring other people in to, to work on that with you? I know you said you hire producers and that, but as far yeah. as the release itself goes, what, what's that process like? Well, uh, right now it's, it's pretty easy. I'm kind of curious to learn more about starting your own label. I don't know much about that. I, I, I have friends and colleagues who have done that. So that's probably my next step, but yeah, you know, right now, uh, it's, um, you know, I write the songs sometimes together with my lyric partner. I've worked with a producer who I also co-arranged the songs with, uh, so we can bounce ideas together. And, uh, and then it's, the records have been done with a small group of people. It's usually me and the producer who's a multi-instrumentalist and then, um, uh, a drummer that I know. Um, but now there's, now I've got a band. So now there's going to be that experience of working with, you know, this band. And, uh, but as far as like distribution and stuff, I guess I've done what many other people do. You, you either go through CD baby or, uh, what's the other one? Um, this there's distro kid. Um, I can't think of, I know there's another one, but yeah, I can't think of it. There's, right there's a really common, yeah. I just, the name escapes me and I used them before. <laughs> um, oh gosh. Yeah. I, I don't remember the name, but you know, the, there are those kind of distributors like, um, CD baby that can get your stuff onto iTunes and Spotify and Amazon and all that right. stuff. And right now it just, it ha- I haven't seen the need to produce a lot of, you know, like manufacture CDs and stuff like that. So right now my releases have been digital, but now the, with the album, that's definitely going to be a physical product. Right. Yeah. I guess. And that's kind of the way it's going too. you know, a lot of people don't have CD players anymore. So the, yeah, that's the it's- dilemma. Uh, I know. I mean, I, you know, people suggested to me get uh, uh, download cards, but I think people find download cards a bit confusing <laughs> when you give them out at shows. So I'm not really sure um, what the right method is. I, I got to um, talk to my artist friends who are touring. Um, that's, I mean, that's my next step is to get out and tour and uh, to sell merch and, and, sell CDs. Right. Yeah. See what's the right thing to do. Cause you don't want to end up with like, you know, hundreds of CDs in your closet. Right. Um, I have that experience already. So <laughs> one too, you know, you, you kind of want to, with an old band. yeah, you want to look at, I guess where your, your market is too. You know, we, some people, you know, they're all digital. You know, I, I maybe play CDs in my car once in a while, but then you get the other people who are who don't have, maybe they don't have, you know, smartphones and they just want their CDs or, you know, even, even records. Yeah. Too. So you just kind of have to, I guess, kind of weigh that. Yeah. There's uh, I mean, with me doing kind of roots based music, like uh, Americana and uh, yeah, I, I've had stuff played on uh, blues and rhythm and blues radio stations. And uh, a lot of them um, and, and the, the magazines in that genre, 
they're still very attached to CDs. In fact, so, some of them, they won't even review your music unless you have a physical oh, CD. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, some of them can be very old school and to convince them to, hey, use Dropbox and I'm going to send you some <laughs> some files. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah. I guess that's kind of in some ways good for you too because you can stand out a little more still with the the CDs. If some, you know, someone's getting 100 emails with a Dropbox link, you know, having a, a physical copy with some kind of, some way to stand out. I guess. It's just, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, but that's the next step, so. Yeah, so it, it sounds like you do pretty much everything yourself. And you had mentioned, um, you know, we communicate by email that, uh, it can be kind of exhausting to become better on multiple fronts and you feel like yes. you're stretching and that one area is compromising another. And I, I can imagine that's overwhelming. And, and one of the topics that we discussed, I have a, a Facebook group, um, Broken Glass Collective, um, with a couple women, uh, different parts of the industry in it. And I, okay. I posted an article about overwhelm and, you know, some tips to overcome it. Because for me personally, I feel like I get overwhelmed, I just shut down, you know, and what are the ways that I can can manage that? So how do you kind of handle that overwhelm? And when you feel like you're being pulled in one direction, and you know, you're compromising uh, another, is there, is there any tricks that you have? Or? Uh, I wish, uh, I find inspiration from other artists who also um, are doing all these different things. Uh, like, for instance, this is not a female artist, but uh, Robin Ford, he's, he's like, a incredible guitar player but he's been on this path of really developing himself as a singer and as a songwriter and wanting to pay attention to like writing great songs with great lyrics and uh it's comforting to know that somebody who's such a great guitarist who plays so effortlessly he struggles when he's on stage and he has to sing and because whatever he plays, he feels like it compromises his singing and vice versa. He'll have to simplify his guitar playing while he's singing. And um, so that, yeah, it's comforting to know that even like great people like that, right. <laughs> find that there's, there's some struggle with that. Uh, but for me personally, are there any tricks? I don't know. I, I try to focus on one area, maybe like bring it a little more to the forefront so a certain part of the year, I've said to myself, okay, this is like, there's not a lot of activity with the band. There's not a lot of gigs. This is where I'm going to focus on songs. Okay. And, and, uh, and with another one, there's, oh, here's a lot of gigs at blues venues. And uh, there's going to, you know, I feel some expectation that better get my guitar chops together. And so that I've been practicing a lot of guitar. So I kind of compartmentalize it a little bit. Yeah, I guess just and shift your focus depending on what's what's going on yeah. in your yeah, in your, your life. Shifting there. it yeah. Yeah, shifting it a little bit and kind of just seeing that like taking seizing the opportunity whenever I can when yeah, there's not a lot of gigging activity or stuff like that. Okay, yeah. Kind of shifting gears here a little bit too. Um, have you, you know, as a, as a female in in the music industries, as a you know singer songwriter um, writer, have you come across any kind of resistance or obstacles as a woman in in such a male dominated industry? 
And if so, have you overcome that resistance or the obstacles? As of now, in the last couple of years, I'll say last eight years, actually have felt really lucky. I've not um, come across any like weird attitudes or sexist, you know, comments or so. Um, and, um, and that feels really great. I remember when I started out, um, when I was in uh, a teenager and attending music school, uh, you know, when you're a teenager, you're pretty fragile as it is and uh, have a lot of, you know, a lot of teens have confidence issues. And uh, I remember certain teachers that would give strange comments. Um, like there was a female teacher, she was in music history and her son was a world famous classical guitarist. And she saw me one day come into class and, and said, I, I really don't think that a fragile little girl like you should be playing the guitar. It's not an instrument for you. Wow. And that's kind of <laughs> shocking that a woman would say that. Right. Um, and at that age too, when you're, you know. Yeah, you're so impressionable. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and, and, and I also, there was a sub, I remember there was a guy and he, he was my guitar sub, um, and he asked me what my favorite players were. And I mentioned a jazz guitarist, a late Emily Remler. And he said, oh yeah, her, her playing style, she sounds really feminine. Interesting. <laughs> so yeah, whatever that means, yeah. you know, weird stuff like that. That probably formed my teaching uh, to say, well, that is, if I'm going to teach guitar, then this is not the kind of teacher I'm going to be. Right. Um, um, so, but, um, so yeah, there's some weird stuff with, with school. And also when I had different jobs in music, I was at a, it was like a effects pedal company. It's like music gear. There was a lot of nasty stuff um, a lot of sexist remarks and it was, it was pretty unpleasant. Yeah. I have to say with my own like artist path the last eight years or so, I've been pretty lucky. I heard a stupid comment from a, a guitar magazine. <laughs> it was a, I was talking to somebody who prides himself in being very supportive of women, women guitarists. And we were talking about um, doing music videos. And he said to me, well, you being as attractive as you are, maybe you should just, it would just be enough if you're like twirling around. Oh my gosh. Twirl. And, and I was a bit shocked because I, I wasn't yeah. sure I heard it right. And coming from him and I didn't know what to say. Um, that that was fairly recent, but yeah, that, that, that was kind of surprising. Why would I want to just twirl around? Right. And that that's pretty disrespectful thing to say, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I know for me, like if, if that was me, I think that would give me more uh, motivation to just, you know, prove people wrong and just, you know, it, yeah, it does. And, and, and that always has, um, I usually feel that, you know, if you work on your, uh, your skills, um, work on your chops and that shuts people up. Right. It's just, it's, it's too bad, you know, and it's just sad and this today that we have to, 
you know, prove ourselves that we can't just get the same kind of kind of recognition. But I think it seems like True. that's really starting to change. Like, you know, you said the last several years you've you felt a lot better about things in your your own I hope. Yeah. I hope. It's it's happening slowly, but you know, when I see okay, so in my little world of like guitar playing and rock and blues and, and roots music and stuff, I'm seeing more female guitar players and that are getting a lot of respect. I mean, it kind of started with Jennifer Batten. Mm-hmm. I think she's like the big trailblazer. She got the gig with Michael Jackson and then she got a gig with Jeff Beck. And then uh, with that, anybody who's dismissing her for being in the pop world, shut up because wow, she's with Jeff Beck. <laughs> so who's like, I mean, every, every guitar geek worships him. Right. So um and there's people like Nita Strauss, who I don't play the same style as her. Uh, she's a very technical kind of shredder guitarist. Okay. But I have a lot of respect for her. And uh, she has played with in Alice Cooper's band for many years. And now she's uh, she's got her signature guitar with Ibanez. And it seems like she's getting a lot of respect in the industry and she's just a really good player plus an outstanding live performer. So I hope that you know, focusing just get better. Right. Um, will pave the way, but, um, but yeah, everybody's got their own path. Right. So I can't, I'm only speaking for myself. Yeah. Um, and I think too, like there's, you know, a lot more focus. I'm actually going back to, um, my my where I went got my undergrad um they're doing a conference at the end of November and their focus is um is for women in music and every panelist at at the conference is going to be uh female um okay. really trying to cool. yeah and you know they bring in perspective um perspective students so the you know high school juniors and seniors who are looking at the college they're invited to come um, and I, I thought that was really cool. Like they asked me to come out and, and be on a panel and you know, to be surrounded by other women in the industry and all different aspects of it. You know, I'm, I'm on the, the publishing panel, but they're going to have all kinds of different panels, um, just to really kind of awesome. highlight that. I think, you know, and I, I talked to the president of their, their, um, music group at the college and, you know, she's, she's super excited about it. So, um, she really hopes that it can really inspire other women to, yes, you can do this. Oh, I'm sure it does. Uh, I remember there was a magazine called Rocker Girl. Uh, it was a few a few years ago, maybe like 15 years ago or so. Um, and I was, uh, they were the editor for Rocker Girl, Carla DeSantis. She was going to do a conference in Seattle and, um, she invited Patti Smith and Bonnie Raitt and Ann Wilson um, to to speak there. And then she had all these different panels. And it was everything from um, how to land endorsements, being an endorsed artist, to teaching. Um, yeah, all, all sorts of aspects of um, music and the music business. And uh, they invited me to be a panelist uh, for, uh, for the teaching. Okay. 
because I was I was teaching at the New School University in New York, and this is when I when I was doing this course with like female rock and blues guitarists, and I had this class with female students. Um, so I guess they found it interesting enough that you know they invited me to this panel, and uh, it was it was great to meet all these musicians and working artists, people starting out. And I think it was incredibly inspiring. Yeah. And for me, it was life changing in many ways because it led me a couple of contacts there. It led me to my future husband. So uh, who I play music with today, he's the drummer in my band. So um, but I also it led me to getting endorsements with uh, a guitar company and probably also getting contacts with Alfred because and and writing my book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of started there. Yeah, just I think just getting, you know, for for us as, you know, the professionals in the industry, meeting other women working and then I think too part of it will be to inspire the younger generations, you know, the people who are up and coming like, you know, don't shy away like you can do it. We're here to support you and I think, you know, especially with this conference at the end of November with the college and high school students. Um I think that's going to really help us have an impact. Yeah, no, that's a- yeah, that's a great thing. I also think that, I mean, there's cool stuff with the, the ladies rock camps that are, there's all these different rock camps for women and for girls that are all over the country. And I think there's, there's like a main office and uh, there's like a main organization called Girls Rock Camps or something like that. They're doing lots of great stuff. And uh, there's a magazine in Portland, I think it's called She Shreds. I have heard of um, that. Yeah, and they're they're focused on female guitar players and bass players, but they do a great job in covering a very diverse group of artists. It's not just white people, right? Um, and uh, they also have cool articles about you know uh, the realities of touring or um, articles about gear. And the people that are writing the articles are actual artists that are out there doing it. Um, cause I think this might be getting into a different topic, but there's a lot of different resources, blogs, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who, uh, want, want to call themselves experts mm-hmm. in, uh, in various parts of the music industry who give advice, um, and sometimes charge a lot of money <laughs> for this advice, uh, and, and uh, it's become kind of an industry. So, and it's probably, you know, run by a lot of people who want to make music for, make a living in music. And, um, and I find that it's most useful to take that kind of advice from people who are actually out there doing it. Um, like people who are out touring. Right. And yeah, it doesn't have to be major label or signed artists or anything but just just people who are actually out there doing it because there's there's a lot of articles and expert advice so to speak from people who are just you know sitting at home and writing out really out in the trenches and seeing what it's really like exactly yeah but uh but yeah uh to to get back to you know the conference that you're going to go to and the whim the rock camps and um and uh, she shreds magazine those are great resources. And, um, but, and sometimes 
you know, they can be really useful for some people. Mm -hmm. And for some people, it, you might just have to forge your own path, which is kind of scary. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I think there's no, yeah, there's no like, I don't know, fast track yeah. <laughs> to anything. Uh, it might look like it when you read about artists and how they made it and right, uh, yeah. these success stories and stuff. But uh, I think there's a lot of hard work that times, goes into it. So tons of hard work, and nobody's path is like it, the others. So, and sometimes you can feel like, oh, geez, there's nobody who's doing what mm -hmm. I'm doing. And who, who am I to? Maybe I shouldn't be doing this at all. Maybe I'm just delusional. <laughs> but uh, but a lot of times it's like, yeah, you, you might be on a kind of narrow path and you just have to believe in your own truth. And, uh, and sometimes you, you might really want to find a mentor, mm -hmm. but the, what I've discovered is that sometimes you're actually the one who's meant to be the mentor and then you're supposed to learn from that. Right. And so, you know, learn from your experiences and I, I don't like to call anything yeah. a failure. Um, I like to call no. it a learning experience. Totally. You know, it's if something happens. Okay. Well that, that, that sucked, but you know, what can I do next time? That's going to make that easier, make it better. What can I teach someone else about it? So I think that's really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a, a lot of times you can be like, Oh, I want to, I want somebody to guide me and I, I want a mentor. Um, and and some people get that, and that's wonderful. But but many times you might be you you might need to lead right. yourself, and and be the mentor and teach others, and that's going to give you direction. Uh, it's like I said, it's different for everybody, but but that has been my experience. Yeah, no, that that's great advice, and uh, it actually, just kind of answered a couple of my questions that I had, um, which was the resources and and your advice for for women who want to enter the industry. So. No, that I, lo I love what you said there. So just uh, wrapping things up a little bit here. Um, do you have any favorite books or, or podcasts that inspire you, keep you motivated? Um, let's see. I'm bad with the podcasts. Uh, I sit and listen to my, my husband. He's, he's being a drummer. He listens a lot to Mike and Mike and it's like two drummers, their podcast. It's pretty awesome. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it's not really related to me. So let's see. To answer your question, um, well, yeah, many years ago, a book like *The Artist's Way* by Julia Julia Cameron that was a life changing book for me. Uh, not so much anymore because now I'm you know doing my music and and stuff. I think that that's a book that's maybe for people who haven't quite gotten to that point yet. Um, so nowadays I pick up tidbits for different books here and there. Um, I used to read a ton of how-to books on all sorts of areas of music, you know, the craft and the music business. And like I said, now, nowadays I'm much more interested in learning from active artists. So I got to say that if I to pick one book, I still really like Patti Smith's memoir, Just Kids. I thought it was really inspiring reading about how she and Robert Maplethorpe, how they came to New York to pursue their truth mm -hmm. and their art. I still feel motivated by her story years later, just even thinking about it. 
Yeah, and I think those are the kind of good, you know, not necessarily like I, I have read a lot of, you know, like you said, the how to books, the, you know, business books, that kind of stuff. But a lot of my favorite books have been reading people's own stories, you know, that they've put into words where yes. they started and now where they are now. And, and I'm going to have to look into to this book. Um, I, I haven't heard of it before. Um, I didn't even know she had great. a book. So I have to, I like, I love her. I just, I just didn't know she had a book. So I'll definitely check that out. It's, it's awesome. And I'm not even like a huge fan of her music. I like mm-hmm. some of it, but it was actually her talking about art, writing about her experience in her life. That was incredibly mm-hmm. inspiring for me. Um, yeah. Otherwise I'll read memoirs. Like I, I read Bruce Springsteen's book or I kind of made, made it through half the book. Uh, the first half where he's a struggling artist and he's trying to make it and he's trying to find his direction. That was really inspiring. And then once he gets incredibly famous, then <laughs> I can't relate yeah. to that life. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, then I put the book aside. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I, I guess I, I, I kind of pick up bits and pieces right. of info here and there yeah. continually. Yeah. And it's, it's important. I think it's important, always important to keep learning and keep, you know, keep your, keep your oh, head totally. in, in the game and, and, you know, always be reading up on everything. So. Yeah. I get, I get really energized by learning. I'm kind of an education <laughs> geek. So uh, that's my, my husband <laughs> <laughs> says, and it's true. It's totally true. But um, I always feel that, Quincy Jones, he has one of my favorite quotes. It's very short and it's, uh, it goes like this, get better, not bitter. I like that. And living in LA where glitter meets bitter. Yes. <laughs> uh, th- th- that's, uh, th- those are some really useful words to come by. Cause sometimes you can feel, you know, if you're too f- hung up on outside valuation and the results of your efforts, um, then it can be very frustrating and you can, you know, go off course. Right. But if you continue to, you know, try to develop yourself to teach yourself something new, maybe give yourself some new input. Uh, it There's always something good coming yeah. out of that. No, I love that quote. I am definitely going to put that up on my wall. <laughs> Not better, not yeah. better. <laughs> that is awesome. All right, and uh, one last question. Um, where can my listeners find you? Um, my website's the best place. Uh, it's NikkiOneal.com, uh, N-I-K-K-I-O-N-E-I-L-L.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook and, and all that stuff. But if you, if you go to my website, then you can find all my yeah, social media and <laughs> iTunes and Spotify and all, all that all stuff. Right. I'll, so. I'll be sure to link to that so everybody can, uh, can reach you there. Thanks yeah. so much. Well, it was a pleasure speaking to you today, Nikki. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.